the children might like to come and join me up here. Now we can come right in the middle, so not over there, guys, right down the front here. Come and join us. I think you should be able to me- remember the memory verse from last week, don't you think? I think it's the shortest memory verse we've ever had in church, right? The shortest memory verse? I think so. Hi, come on. Come on, Ollie. You can, oh, look at those Easter eggs you've got there. The Easter eggs? No? Yes? <laughs> All right. Who can remember the memory verse from last week? I reckon you could all stand up here. Okay, all of you who can remember it. Maybe I'll stand here with you. We'll let the camera see us so people at home can see us. Are you ready? One, two, three. Jesus wept. Well done. Jesus wept. Wow. Jesus cried. He was so sad. He was so sad. Do you know, he was so sad because the people just did not understand what he was doing. They wanted him to do something else altogether. Well, do you know, today, today is the 9th of April. Is it the 9th of April? Yes. It is the 9th of April. Good, good. It's Easter, but it's the 9th of April. And do you know, a long time before you were born... I was in this church on the 9th of April and I had invited an old lady, she was 83 years old, to come and tell us a story. And I don't know whether I can get this to work. We'll see here. Oh, there we go. Wait a minute. Oh, I'm going too far. There she is. Edna Coghill and she came to the church and she had never before shared about God with public gathering. This is the first time she was going to give a public testimony on the 9th of April and her son brought her to the church. You'll see her son and the family. There's her son there. This is a bit earlier. This is in 1982, so seven years earlier, there's Malcolm, and there's the family, there's his wife Sue, and there's Imogen and Elise, and my family in Jelaine there. Well, her son, Malcolm, brought her to church, and uh, she was a bit early. She always liked to be early, and Malcolm, Malcolm told me that they went for a bit of a... a, a a, a look at the local area because she'd moved. She used to live in Clayton, but she was living in Berwick in a retirement home up there. And she came and she, she, uh, she looked at the Clayton shops and around the neighbourhood and she felt like, oh, this is where she, she spent her life here. And then she came into the church and I remember we were in the, you know, the old church, you know, we have Sunday school in there. Did you know that in there they used to have wooden pews? on the floor that you couldn't move not like these chairs in that building in there there were wooden pews that sort of benches and that's what the church was like in there we didn't have this church here and she came in there and she stood at the back and I remember her standing there looking it was like 
this is, this is where I worshipped Jesus and got spent time with God, more my friends. And then we got to the children's talk and I'd invited her to come to the front. So uh, we get to the children's talk and she was going to share her story. Now I'm going to play for you just a little bit of what happened on that day. You listen carefully. And then my mother Wait a minute. Of course, in John's Gospel, the word, as we have read, is Jesus. Today, I've invited a, a lady who was one of the founding members of this church, a lady who is now living in Berwick in a retirement village. Gone a bit soft there. And her name is Edna Coquill. Some of you may well know her. She's come just to share with the children and with us all an experience in her own life of the love and faithfulness of God and her Saviour Jesus Christ. And so I'd just like to ask the children to come and sit in the front row here. The children would like to come down. And then once the children have come, I'll ask Ethan to come and sit. I've especially got a special chair so that she'll be comfortable. The children will sit in the front row. in a minute, she's going to talk. For all the congregation, as a very old member of this church, I feel I've come home today. This is my home, as I helped create this little church many years ago. And I'm very happy to be here. And a very good morning to you, children, because I have a true story to tell you. And I hope it happened many, many years ago when I was a little girl, seven years old, and that, the number of years, was 76 years ago. There we go. So she told the children she was going to tell them a story of something that happened to her when she was seven years old. Is anyone seven here this morning? Anyone seven? Are you seven? Can you stand up here? Is it uh, Pizza? Oh, Pizza? Pizza Hill? Seven years old. There we go. So you are the same age as this lady Edna was when this happened to her in her life. All right? You can sit down. Or maybe you can stay there with me so everyone can see. See, this is the story that she told. She said when she was seven years old, she got very sick. And her... Her, uh, actually, and her, her, her doctor couldn't find out what was wrong with her, and her mother got really troubled, and so they got a second doctor to come and look at her and find out what was wrong, and they found that she had infected teeth. Oh, and all the infection had spread to her body, and she was getting very sick, and so. They took the teeth out and she slowly got better. What a relief that was for her mum. Well, as she was getting better, 
she, her mum one day looked really troubled. So she said to her mum, Mum, what's troubling you? And her mum said to her, Edna, we don't have enough money to buy warm clothes for the family and the winter's coming. And Edna looked at her mum, looked at her mum, she said, Mum, would seven pounds be enough? Now, Edna didn't know how much seven pounds was. Oh, ten. Sorry, thank you, ten pounds. Ten pounds be enough. Kerry's reminding me. Would ten pounds be enough? Do you know, ten pounds, back then in 1913, I had a, on the internet, you can calculate what it's worth. One thousand, nearly one thousand four hundred dollars. So it's like her saying to her mum today, would one thousand four hundred dollars be enough? Do you think it'd be enough? Yes. (laughs) It'd be enough. Her mum said, ten pounds would be more than enough. So Edna told her mum, mum, I'm going to pray every day to Jesus for 10 days that he'll send you 10 pounds. And her mum looked at her. Anyway, Edna went off and she prayed every day. Every night she got by bed. She prayed to Jesus that he would send her mum 10 pounds. And every day it went on and on and on. She felt more sure Jesus was going to answer her prayer. But her mother... As the days went on, didn't didn't look very happy. Anyway, the days went by and the tenth day arrived and she was having lunch with her mum and her aunt. Now, her aunt was really important in the story because her aunt actually taught her about Jesus. Her aunt taught her to pray. And her aunt was a nurse in a home, actually, in Berwick, where she was now living. And her aunt knocked on the door and came and shared lunch with them. And while they were having lunch, her aunt got into her pocket, oh, into her pocket, and pulled out an envelope like that, and gave it to her sister. And she got the envelope, opened it up. What was inside? Ten pounds. Her mother looked at it. Where did you get this money from? And her sister said the night before, she had been looking after a family in the home. She was a private nurse and she checked on the little boy in the house. He was all right in bed. She checked on the grandmother. She went to bed herself. And then as she was in bed, a knock came on her bedroom door. And she opened the door and there was the old lady, the grandmother, in her nightdress standing there saying, are you going to your sister's tomorrow? She said, yes. The old lady said, I believe the Lord is telling me to give your sister this money. She gave her the envelope. Wow, Edna's mother was just, Edna had been praying for 10 days and here was the money like having $1,400 in an envelope given to you. And then at the end here, Edna's going to tell you what she said. And then my mother told her the story of how I had prayed every day 
for the last ten days, and this was the tenth day, and this was an answer to my prayers, that the money had been sent to help her. Bad children, things have not changed. Jesus is the same today as he was when I told the girl said and he's just waiting to be your friend as he was my friend. And when you believe he is your friend, he is always with you. And he helps you out in every difficulty and listens to your prayers. I hope you'll enjoy that true story. Because it was a true story with a very happy ending. And it, although it happened so many years today, things like that happen exactly the same today. what she said now children things have not changed Jesus is the same today as he was when I was a little girl of seven always remember to have Jesus as your friend as he's been my friend that's what she said you can pray to him anytime he will help you no, then she finished and I sent the children back to their seats. Perhaps you can go back to your seats now with your mum and dad. I sent the children back to their seats. And then Edna stood up and she thanked me for inviting her to come. Well, I was sitting there going, thank you for coming. And then she, she went back to her seat next to her son and she sat down and we had Pat Cochran on the keyboard. She started to play Jesus Bids Us Shine and Edna was sitting there and suddenly she fell just like that and died right in front of us. right in front of us she died or did she die <laughs> you see Jesus said whoever believes in me will never die and you know I reflected on this afterwards and I thought Jesus was just standing in the aisle of the church saying Edna thank you Come home. Do you remember what she said when she first started? I feel I've come home today. I feel I've come home today. Now, I was four months into student ministry, not even ordained, and this is what God was doing in my midst. As a result of this, of course, I took her funeral. It was one of the easiest funerals I've ever taken. <laughs> Jesus said, he who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my father 
in heaven. It was such an easy text to use. But not only that, she had some uh, young granddaughters. They look a bit older now, (laughs) 34 years later. And they came to share with me and Kerry to find out about Edna's faith and what it was all about. And we shared Christianity Explained with Imogen, Elise, my family and Jelaine. And they all came to be baptised. Now, we didn't see much of them after that. But a few years ago, Imogen wrote an email to me. Now, Imogen, I'd love you to come and just uh, share a little bit about your journey from that day onwards. It's a delight to have you with us today. A joy. This is a very special day. I didn't say to the, come come and join me. I, I didn't say to the congregation that the 9th of April is an incredibly important day in this family's life. You see, Edna's husband died on the 9th of April, six years earlier. So you can imagine what that day meant for her when she came to share her testimony about Jesus. So I'm going to hand over for on the 9th of April to Imogen. I've got a few notes with me. Yeah, please feel free to use that. Would you like a, a lectern to well, sit it on? Yeah, it might be handy. Let's do that. Bring that across. Thank We're live streaming, so it's good. And I'll, I'll set up the microphone so you can... Uh... Sorry. Thank you. There you go. Firstly, I want to say thank you to everyone for having us here today and for Michael and Kerry for reaching out. It's really an absolute pleasure to be here, especially on this day, which is very important to us. My name's Imogen and Edna Coghill was my grandma. I love grandma. She's been the spiritual leader of this family and in my mind, she still is. As children, we saw her all the time, We used to go to her house after school nearly every day. She'd give us snacks. Um, She was incredibly generous. She was a little bit strict at times. If you were within distance of the walking stick, occasionally you'd get a swipe if you were doing the wrong thing. (laughs) But she was wonderful. Um, We were all very fond of her. And today I want to talk to you about Grandma spending her last moments of life bearing witness to God and what that's meant for my life. In 1989, a new and young pastor to this church, Michael Jensen, met Grandma. She told him the story you've just heard. And 34 years ago today, on the 9th of April, my 83-year-old grandmother told the story here. I wasn't there on that day, unfortunately, but my dad, Malcolm Coghill, who is Edna's son, was here. Grandma made her way to the front of the church to speak to the children using two walking sticks, She had a crumpled, stiff body, wrapped with pain from arthritis. Dad told us that Grandma spoke strongly and with conviction, and at the end of her talk, she looked elated. Grandma made her way back to the pew as the children were being led out to Sunday school, just as Michael has said. My dad took my grandma's arm to help her to the pew, and she died. She had done what she came here to do, and it was her time to meet Jesus. In 1989, as a 15-year-old girl, I didn't believe in God. And because of that, Grandma's death felt so very final. It was incredibly upsetting. 
I remember crying for hours and thinking that I didn't know how I would ever feel better. Michael was the pastor at Grandma's funeral and he said that as she died, Jesus was standing here in the church, just as Jesus is in the church now, and he had his arms outstretched to take her with him. I didn't believe Michael at the time because I didn't believe in God. To understand how I thought at that time, you need to know that I also love science. When I was young, I read lots of books about science, and I still do. And if you look at my YouTube feed, you'll see a whole bunch of videos on science because that's what I enjoy. Uh, When I was young, though, I mistakenly thought that science could explain everything, and I felt that I knew all I needed to know about the world through science. Michael knew that that was how my sisters and I thought. And so realising that we didn't understand Christianity, he and Kerry offered to teach us about Jesus. Our parents agreed, and so we began having tutorials every week at their house. Those sessions weren't what I expected. I thought we would talk about what I thought Christianity was. To me, Christmas was a holiday with lots of presents, and Easter was mostly about the Easter bunny. I knew that Jesus had died on the cross and that he was resurrected, but I didn't understand why Jesus had died. I thought it was just part of a story. On that very first evening, Michael asked us if we knew what redemption was, and I had no idea what he was talking about. Michael explained to us that God is so generous that he sent his son Jesus, who loves us so much that he would take everything we've done wrong on himself to redeem us. It's nearly impossible to imagine how much love God has towards us that he sent Jesus so that we could be redeemed for everything we do wrong. Even more amazing was that Michael said all we needed to do to be redeemed was believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and go to him to repent. We found out too that repenting means being genuinely sorry for what you've done wrong and being honest enough to admit it. I was having trouble accepting that God is so generous and loving, but I knew that I should believe in him and get to know him, and so Michael baptised me and my sisters. Unfortunately, over time, I felt pulled in again by this idea that I could know everything I needed to know through science. I turned away from God because knowing him didn't seem as important as knowing things. There needs to be a balance between knowing things and knowing God. Lots of scientists have also been Christians, including Newton, Lemaitre, Einstein and Darwin. The more I know about science now, the more amazed I am at God's creation. It is so beautiful. Science has also given us good quality housing, food, medicine, communication, travel and a long life for most people. Our lives would be unrecognisable without it. However, what God's shown me is that there's another side to science that is important to know about so that we can do it safely. Science has brought us the ability for us to hurt ourselves and our world. Einstein warned us about this because he understood the balance between science and God. Our ability to do science and improve our lives is a gift from God. When viewed as a gift from God, science can be used for amazing good. However, when people forget that God gave them this gift, science can cause great harm. Worse still, when science is viewed as the only truth, it makes us arrogant and turns us against God. When I had my back turned to God, I ran into Michael one day over the road at Monash Medical Centre. We spoke briefly and he had the courage to say to me, when I baptised you, 
You made a promise to God and now I see that you've forgotten that. I felt intense shame in that moment. I knew he was right and that Grandma would be very disappointed in my behaviour. And as you all know, when your parents and grandparents are disappointed, that's as bad as it gets. <laughs> Unfortunately, my arrogance at that time didn't allow me to admit this, so I carried on without God in my life. Fifteen years ago, though, I became a doctor and started working with people at their lowest points in life, and my arrogance thawed. The seed my grandma and Michael planted in me all those years ago began to sprout. I kept seeing things in my work that science alone could not explain. Each of our bodies are so amazing, it's impossible for me to think that this happened by pure chance and that God had nothing to do with it. I couldn't ignore this and I began to understand that God is real, is working in the world and loves me. Understanding isn't just knowing, it's feeling and living. I spent a lot of time learning how to be a doctor through my knowledge of science, but without God I couldn't understand how to be a doctor. Sorry. I've lost my part, sorry. I couldn't understand how to be a doctor. When I work with very unwell people now, I literally feel God working through me guiding my hands and helping me understand what to do. Now I can't imagine life without God. I look back to when I turned away from God and it was very lonely. It took time, but thanks to the gift of Grandma's faith and Michael and Kerry's teaching and patience, I feel God with me everywhere I go. I've learned to listen to him. Sometimes he speaks very quietly. Sometimes it's like he's grabbed me by the collar and is shaking me, and I actually think that's what he was doing. When Grandma died here that day, he was literally saying to us girls, come on, I'm here. Sometimes I think I know better than God still, but I always regret that because no one knows better than God. I quite literally couldn't function without God by my side, and that's the thing about God. Once you let him in, he's with you all the time, and that's an amazing gift. I've received another gift by having God in my life. Now I know that my grandma's death wasn't final. She's in heaven with Jesus and her beloved husband, Bill, my grandpa, who passed away 40 years ago today. I'll join them in heaven when it's my time. Until then, my aim is to glorify God through my work and deeds on earth. I don't always get it right, but that's why we celebrate Easter. Through God's gift of his son, Jesus, taking on the things we do wrong as his own, I can be redeemed when I mess it up, and so can